0: What does motion sound like? With Hands free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast. Making the Bible come to life. Og. 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 Now it doesn't sound very frightening, but to the surrounding tribes, that name, Og, struck fear in all of their hearts. Og. King Og, to be exact. See, what made Og so frightening was the fact that he was powerful. He might have had some magical, mystical origins, and he was a giant. See, Og was a descendant from the giant clan of people called the Rephaim. And Og came from this giant clan, and because he came from the Rephaim, he was considered probably a powerful, even, like I said, quasi-magical being. See, the Rephaim were a race of giants who were believed to have been descended from the Nephilim. And the Nephilim? Well, you know them, right? Well, if you've been listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast for a while, you've definitely have heard of the Nephilim. But if you haven't, go to Genesis chapter 6, and there you will find and hear about the Nephilim. The Nephilim were people who were half human and half. Demonic or supernatural. And the Nephilim were children who were born from the union between demonic beings and human women. Man, that's crazy stuff. And that's scary stuff. See, according to Genesis 6, evil angelic beings left their proper domain and came down to earth to be with human women who they found beautiful. And they left their proper domain, which was a big, big problem. They came down and they produced children with these human women. Now, according to extra-biblical sources, in other words, outside of the Bible, these demonic, evil, angelic beings, they, get, they again left their supernatural domain and they came down to earth, they landed at a place called Mount Hermon. Now, Mount Hermon was known in the ancient Near East to be a place of evil. I mean, sheer evil. When you wanted to talk about something scary, you talked about Mount Hermon. It would send a shiver down the spine of the average person living in the ancient Near East. Now, one of the reasons it got this scary reputation, it was because of this very event. The history of this event, evil angels choosing to materialize at the top of Mount Hermon. And then they descended and began to be with human women. And they basically began to infect the whole of the earth with their evil thoughts, practices, and intentions. And eventually God, according to Genesis 6, has to send a flood, a flood to wipe it all out. Because the heart of man was evil continually. It was man's choice. But man, having that demonic invasion certainly didn't help. Well, from this terrible moment, the offspring of this union between these demonic evil angels and the human women were known as the Nephilim. And these Nephilim were known to be giants. So these half-human, half-supernatural beings became giants. They were huge creatures, half-human, half-supernatural giants. And then they formed these clans. Now the Bible talks about two giant clans. Well, they talk about others, but two that they talk about in particular are called the Rephaim and the Anakim. Well, later on, when the Jewish people invade the Promised Land under Joshua, remember Joshua and Caleb are the only two from those original 12 spies who are allowed to come back into the land? Well, Caleb, he takes on a whole tribe of Anakim, or Anakite, as the plural's called, right? He takes them on, and he wipes this giant clan out. They're there. They're in the Bible, and they are scary to the average person. What has scared me to death. Well, now, when Moses is leading the people towards the promised land, the people of Israel, they had to face and deal with two giant clans and two giant clan leaders. And you know what their names were? King Sihon, and the guy I mentioned earlier, King Og. Now how'd they get there? Well see the people were moving towards the promised land and their goal was to get to the plains of Moab across the Jordan River from Jericho. Now from Jericho they were going to attack through to the promised land and the first city they were going to hit, they didn't know yet, but the first city they were going to hit under Joshua was going to be the city of Jericho. So they had been forced to go on the circuitous route to get to where they were, where they were about to attack King Sihon and King Og. Now, in fact, they wanted to skip all of this, right? This is what Israel wanted to do. They wanted to skip all of this. They wanted to head straight into the Canaan land from the south. They wanted to follow the king's highway, come straight in and attack from the south. But remember, the Edomite king and his people, they said, nope, you can't pass. And so they couldn't head that way. So they were forced to go around Edom and they had to head east if they were going to go around Edom. And so Moses headed east with his tribe of two million people. They headed south for a little bit and then southeast for another little bit and then east again. And along the way, remember, they encountered some tribes who tried to stop them coming through their territory. Now Moses was nice and he would ask to come through their territory promising to pay back any food they took. One of the kings they met was a king named Arad who would not let them go through and in fact kidnap some of their people. So Moses sought God's direction as to what to do and God told Moses and the people of Israel to fight. And the people promised that if God would be on their side that they would completely wipe out King Arad and his people. Well, God did just that, and King Arad was wiped off the map. So then the people kept moving east and north and east again and then south. And remember last week's story, they began to get thirsty. And remember, moving this many people could not have been easy. And so the people got tired of it and began to faithlessly complain, first at Moses and then at Yahweh. And then God sent snakes to punish the people. And like we heard last week, Moses was commanded to lift a bronze serpent high in the air so that all could see. And if anyone looked on the serpent, they lived. But if anyone looked away, they died. And so with these types of miracles and battles and, man, scary but thrilling adventures, God moved the people ever forward towards their final goal, that of the promised land. And so finally, the people began to head north, towards the plains of Moab, and the encampment that they wanted across the Jordan River from Jericho. So that's where Israel was headed. But to get there, the people had to go through some very ominous, frightening areas. That of the Amorites... And the Moabites, both of whom contained those giant clans we talked about earlier, the Anakim and the rephaim Now remember, earlier they sent in 12 spies to spy out the land, and, and 10 of the spies didn't want to go into the promised land. Why? Because of the fear they felt seeing these giants. They even told Moses, there's giants in the land, and the thought of fighting them and pushing them out of the land was enough to make the ten spies doubt the ability of God to keep his promises. I mean, it must have been scary to look at these giant warriors. Well, the people lost faith in God. Because of that, they were judged and they had to wander in the desert, remember, for 40 years, till that whole generation died out. But now they're back, and their children are back, and their children now have to face those same giants. Well, the first giant that they have to face is King Sihon. Now, the Bible never calls King Sihon a giant, but with his connections as an Amorite king and his connections with King Og, many scholars think he probably was a giant. And in the book of Numbers, Moses shares a poem written about the military prowess of Sihon. He shares it to show how powerful this king was that the people had to face. So even if he wasn't a giant, which he probably was... This king was powerful. This king was scary. Years ago, Sihon had invaded that whole Moabite territory. And so the kings who he was trying to wipe out, the kings of Moab were so afraid of him, Sihon, that they sold their sons and daughters to him to try to get him to leave them alone But Sihon swept down into Moab and he defeated all those kings and all the Moabite tribes that inhabited it. He also defeated their god Chemosh. I mean, this was a powerful and I think giant king. And God, Yahweh, he asked the people of Israel to take on this powerful giant king. And the battle was going to take place at a town called Jahaz. Now, there isn't a lot written about the battle. All we know is that the army of Israel met the army of King Sihon. And guess what? The army of Israel put the army of Sihon, the Bible says, to the sword. Which meant they completely wiped them out. They killed all the men of the armies and they wiped out all the families and they totally wiped the people off the map. And they then took control of that area. King Sihon was no more. But now, God wants them to move even further north, towards Mount Hermon, you know, that scary place, and towards probably the scariest king of them all, King Og of Bashan. Now, King Og, according to Deuteronomy chapter 3, ruled over 60 cities in that Moabite territory. And he was an Amorite king who was a giant. He was a Rephaim, and he was the last of that clan, the Bible says. Now, we don't know exactly how tall Og was, but we do know the size of his bed. See, his bed was so massive and King Og was so big that it had to be made of iron. And the Bible says his bed was 13 and a half feet long and 6 feet wide. 13 and a half feet long and 6 feet wide. That is a massive bed. Now, we know most beds are longer than the person using them, so we can hazard a guess that Og, King Og, was probably 10 to 12 feet tall. Now, remember, a basketball hoop, right? The rim of that hoop is at 10 feet high. So next time you look up at a basketball hoop, remember, you could be looking into the scary face of King Og. Well, King Og was a giant, and he probably had giant armor, he probably had a giant club and a giant sword and he probably wore giant shoes that he would just stomp on people and squash you with. And, and he probably led his giant children into battle. I, I imagine, you know, he was pretty ugly. And I, I imagine him standing there with a giant eye patch over one of his eyes scowling at the world. And I think when Og heard that the people of Israel were coming, <laughs> Og felt, I've got nothing to fear. He had 60 fortified cities. He had a large army full of giants, and he was a giant himself. There was no way he could lose. Do you ever feel that way? That God has asked you to face your own King Og? This giant monster has defeated every other person, and now you have to face it? Maybe cancer is your king og. Maybe singleness. Maybe financial hardship. Maybe chronic pain. Our king ogs all vary from person to person, situation to situation. But God has told you, just like he told the people of Israel, to go up and fight. Now, the people of Israel may be afraid to go fight and and you can understand you yourself may be afraid to go fight your king og but with god we can be confident that what he has asked us to do we can do it we just need to trust we simply need to trust god and yahweh will take care of the ogs in our life Now Joshua 12 verses 4 through 5 calls Og king of Bashan. And that word Bashan, it can be translated serpent. So this giant king ruled over the land of the serpent near a mountain that personified demonic supernatural evil to the people of that time. In other words, Og was about as close to a Halloween monster as you could get. And did I say he was a giant? And so God called Moses to lead the people in battle against another giant. And guess what? They did. They met Og in battle at a town called Edri. And the Bible says that the people of Israel put Og, just like they did with Sihon, to the sword. They completely wiped him out. They completely wiped his family out. They completely wiped out all the people and all the tribes that were following under Og. They put them to the sword. They wiped them out. After Og died, the Bible says that the Raphim clan, that giant clan, also died out. He was the last of their bloodline and he was gone. And that whole giant clan, whoop, Wiped out, gone forever. And so the people of Israel were settled into the plains of Moab across the Jordan River from Jericho. This was it, right? The people were ready to strike into the heart of the promised land and take it over, starting with the city of Jericho. Well, before they did that, God had one more fascinating encounter for them. And they also, they also had to say goodbye to Moses and pass the leadership on to Joshua. So make sure to come back next time to hear the continuing story of God providing for his people as they begin to go into the promised land and their days of wandering in the wilderness are about to end. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast.